0: Welcome back to, to the, the Dead, Dead to the, the World podcast. podcast.
1: I'm Tasha. I'm Lexi. And I'm Mama Dawn. And we welcome you. <laughs> Hello, Dream Team. Welcome to this Sunday's episode, Something Exciting Happened. What? Lexi graduated. Oh, yeah, I graduated. She is all done with school. Oh, hallelujah. So if you need her for marketing, that would be a bachelor in marketing, right? Yep. Nice.
0: I think we need me for marketing. I was just going to say,
1: yeah, we, we need her focus on marketing. That'd be awesome. And I did something cool this week. Not that anybody asked, but
0: <laughs> what did you do? I went
1: to a salt cave sound oh, yeah. bath thing.
0: And if you Ooh. don't know
1: what that is, there's some spas that have a room that's just like the, uh, what's it called? The salt, the oh, salt bath the uh, rose bed. quartz? no. Hi, Himalayan. Himalayan pink salt. Thank you. That's what it <laughs> is. Quartz. That was a struggle. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of those lamps, like the salt lamps. They're yeah. made out of the same Himalayan stuff. Himalayan salt. Thank you. But they just have a room that's all that and like sand on the floor that has like salt in it. And then they crush up salt and like put it out in the air to help like cleanse you. And then it was a sound bath. So they take the bowls that like different, they cover different chakras and that's then they cool. just play the bowls and then... Uh, it was a lady and her husband, and her husband would play the flute, like um, like an Indian flute. Mm-hmm. And then he had the the rain stick that he'd like move. It was very relaxing. That's nice. cool. Where was this at? I want to go uh, in Salt Lake. I can't remember the name of the place, or I would shout out to them. But wow, well, cool. you should know it. I know it's just because Aunt Jen set it all up. I just oh. met them there, so gotcha. I don't remember. You didn't have to plan anything. I oh, didn't have to plan find it. it. I just showed up. It's. Um, of course, it's like a rock shop and like crystal shop. And uh, they have a ton of rooms, so though, downstairs. So I think they do like yoga. Mindful Living Wellness Center. Nope. Haring <laughs> Buddha. Nope. Nope. It's in, it's in Sandy. Purify Wellness Center. Nope.
0: they <laughs> <laughs> sauna dealers. Wait, what? <laughs>
1: no, let me find I What? That. Red sauna dealers. <laughs> oh, actually, I have it in my text, duh, because she had to text me the address. Why did it bring up duh. natural grocers? <laughs> Well, because they probably sell Himalayan salt. I don't know what you searched, but if you searched Himalayan salt treasures and creations, good guess, but no,
0: (laughs) William Sonoma. We're just giving a shout
1: out to every possible. It's called Synchronicity Light Energy Gift Emporium. Wow, I would have never. I'm just gonna keep scrolling down Google until that finally comes up.
0: (laughs) Somehow, Smith's Food and Drug is coming up. It's in Union Square.
1: Yeah, in Sandy, oh, Union Square. Okay. In the city of Sandy, in Utah. Yeah. I'll
0: have to do oh, that. Sometime. I found it. It finally came up.
1: Yeah, we'll have to make an appointment. In Maybe when you come visit.
0: anyone needed that or any other type of place that might do that, you're welcome. <laughs> you now know all of them in Utah the county, Utah county area. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think that's Salt Lake County. But Salt Lake County area. Good there. job. It's all good. Tosh, did you have anything exciting? Happen over the last couple of weeks? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Tasha's been doing some wonderful artwork. Oh, yeah. We should totally share your magnets. They are freaking They're awesome. They're so cute. Or my watercolor paintings. Yes, your watercolor paintings. Tasha's been practicing watercolor. And so I had her do me some some really cute mag- magnets. Well, th- those were with oil though, right? Acrylic. With acrylic. My anyway, days- she just... Did this one that like this magnet set that was an alien or an alien ship like sucking taking a cow a UFO yeah a UFO taking a cow is freaking so cute so I have cute. A,
0: something to say we're backtracking a little bit but we could go while Tosh is here the day after my birthday at two p.m. twenty five dollars a person we should do it I would have to pay twenty five dollars a person right now and <laughs> oh. Um she's like, "Uh yeah, no, someone offer their card." I mean, <laughs> so, I could uh, do that. <laughs> you guys would just maybe need to pay me back. I'm not rich. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll worry about it later. We'll worry about what it I'm later. Doing right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone on the podcast. If you happen to see us there, we know that you're creeping.
1: We <laughs> <No>, talked <it's okay>. about going and you show up. we will be more than happy to have you join us. Yes, we would. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Daydreams. Daydreams. Because I'm having daydreams about night things in the middle of the afternoon. Because every night you make my daydreams come true. Hey, that Um, wasn't too bad. That
0: actually was the best thing I've ever heard. That was really good. You're welcome. (laughs) And what the heck was that?
1: (laughs) It's just an old country song from like the 80s. But when I think about daydreams, I always think about that song.
0: That song?
1: I don't know your what? notes. My so, mouth hurts today. So if I, it sounds like I'm talking with a little bit of a lisp. I apologize. I ate too many fire, atomic fireballs oh my yesterday.
0: What's an atomic fireball?
1: <laughs> you know, like the fireballs are just hot. They're like a jawbreaker. You know, the alcohol. Oh, just kidding. The... Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> not, you took some No, shots. not the fireball. I didn't drink fireball. Okay. I sucked okay. on fireball. Oh. And my mouth is raw. Oh.
0: Whoa. Okay. okay. Wow. Back this to daydream. that kind of podcast. <laughs> what
1: are you daydreaming about, mom? <laughs> Night things in the middle of the afternoon, because okay. every okay. night, <laughs> Daddy Del makes my night, my daydreams come. <laughs> oh my! I'm just kidding. You could cut that out. You make me sick. <laughs> Don't cut it
0: out. Leave sick. it in. All right. Who All right. Lexi is starting. Oh, I am okay. going first for once. I feel like I'd never go first. Well then
1: this will be a first.
0: <laughs> it's not the first. Okay, so I found a lovely blog about daydreaming. A blog? It is a blog. And it is about daydreams. I already said all <laughs> of that. Okay, let's let's go. Keep moving <laughs> along. Sometimes it, see, this is why you guys don't let me go first. I have a hard time getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first topic that I'm gonna cover from this blog is why we daydream. Daydreams allow your mind to run freely and even increases productivity in some cases. Remember in class when there was that one kid who was doodling or staring out the window and the teacher would usually yell at them for not paying attention? Tasha? Tasha, is that you? (laughs) I'm here. I'm paying attention. I did always doodle too. Uh, Well, it turns out these kids might have had the right idea. Daydreaming enhances creativity, which is why you have an aha moment and a sudden insight about a situation. Daydreaming allows you to uncover thoughts and ideas you did not realize you had and look underneath the surface thoughts. Your mind, in a way, becomes unhinged, and it is allowed to roam freely.
1: I didn't think having an unhinged mind was a good thing. <laughs> uh, did anybody listen to our Halloween spooktacular, like, half-year thing? Anyway. Some of what? those people had unhinged minds.
0: Oh. oh. <laughs> Me and Tasha are like, We're in, like, my, what? in my, How does it connect? <laughs> Go ahead. Daydreaming is a great exercise because it gives you an outlet to imagine scenarios without risk or any real consequences. When you daydream, you can make new associations and connections from your conscious mind to unconscious thoughts which can help you in a situation that you have been thinking about for a while. When you daydream, you escape your reality, even if only for a short amount of time. Daydreaming is an essential cognitive tool to help us explore our inner experiences. Much like nighttime dreaming, daydreaming can also help the brain consolidate learning. Daydreaming may also help people to sort through problems and achieve success. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Researchers found that the different brain areas were activated when daydreaming... That is compatible with those associated with problem solving. That didn't make sense.
1: Yeah. It so did. basically, if you're a Researcher daydreamer,
0: thing. you're a good problem solver. Okay. Well, so it just reminds me of when you sleep at nighttime and you subconsciously go through your exactly. Or which makes
1: me think. I mean, I mentioned in last episode or maybe this episode before that I have my best ideas in the shower. Yeah. And it's probably you know daydream. when I'm in the shower, I'm just kind of daydreaming, and then like I'll problem solve something from work for some reason.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Maybe what I'm about to read is exactly what we just said. We're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. So next is the purpose of daydreaming. Daydreaming has been shown that it can serve and an evolutionary purpose. The more we replay an event and think about the variables that can affect an event, the more practice and more comfortable we will get with the idea of something similar. Daydreaming can be a soothing method to get someone more comfortable with something. For example, in Grey's Anatomy episode, Magic Moment, (laughs) I bet there's a lot of people that know exactly what that is. (laughs) Yeah. The team of doctors practices a very important surgery. This is similar to what happens when we daydream. It is one big dress rehearsal for the real show in your life. So not
1: exactly the same as we were saying but kind of is that the episode where they had to give the guy the one leg and they were like practicing forever for it i don't know i don't know either mm, i'm not sure. i haven't seen sure. all of it either though so mm.
0: maybe it is mom i don't know maybe you should fact check that <laughs> I, it's fine I, oh no 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 the two teams operate on conjoined twins
1: oh okay then it's not the one I was thinking. Oh, about. I do remember that one, though.
0: Season 8, Episode 11, you said?
1: Well, she didn't say. I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> she just said it was Magic Moment. Yeah.
0: Well, anyone who wants to know,
1: it seems to be Season 8, Episode 11. This nice. Magic Moment. You know what? My favorite episode, which is kind of crazy, but it's the one where uh, I can't remember their names now. Um, The dark-haired orthopedic surgeon <laughs> gets in the car accident when she's pregnant. Cammy? Cammie. No, that's not her name, is it? I don't think so. But anyway, she has, she's singing, like it's a musical. It's a musical (gasps) episode, and she's like not, She's like while she's out, and she's going through, oh, that, I watched that one like three times in a row.
0: I know exactly what episode you're talking about.
1: Callie. Yes, that is her name, Callie. I was close. Thank you, Callie. Yeah, that was the best episode. She is an amazing singer.
0: All right, Tosh. Um, Take it away. Okay, I was just going to say, if you would like to know that episode, I believe it's Season 7,
1: Episode 18. All right, Tosh, do you want to take it away?
0: I mean, I guess I can. (laughs) Here I am, (laughs) taking your breath away. What? So, when you daydream, your brain is actually using a different network called the default network. This network includes areas of the brain, such as the medial frontal... Cortex. I can't really, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I know there's a frontal cortex, medial frontal cortex, I believe. That's probably what it is, which helps to imagine ourselves and the thoughts and feelings of others. Hmm. So you're having empathy. Yes. Interesting. Then the posterior, that's right. Okay. Posterior. Posterior cingulate cortex, which shows personal memories from the brain. And the partenial cortex, which has connections to the hippocampus that stores episodic memories. Episodic? Episodic. No, episodic. Yeah, you're probably right. Either way, say
1: it. I think it's the same thing. Episodes.
0: So basically, there's areas of the brain that help us with empathy, memories, personal memories, and, you know, such. And that's the part that we daydream with. Yes. So this default network is only activated when people switch their conscious mind from an attention-demanding task to a wandering or a daydreaming. And mm-hmm. then, of course, for this reason, uh, the network that our brains use, it's considered the default setting. because we're not really paying attention, you know, we're not present, and it reverts to this setting. Or what I called before autopilot. Yeah, basically. So this network allows daydreaming to be like an autobiographical mental imagery by generating our own sense of self. And also the network is extremely active when we do not notice. So we've lost focus or our mind just kind of wanders on its own. Sometimes you don't realize you're daydreaming essentially. Okay. Um, A product from the default system is something called stimulus independent thought. And these thoughts are about things other than events that originate from an outside environment. So they're just made up, they, you know, mm-hmm. just imaginary. And mm-hmm. that was my
1: portion of the article um, that Lexi shared, or okay. I shared. I mean, just about that. So when I was in junior high, I had to ride the bus to school um, back and forth. And I had about a half-mile walk, maybe a mile walk uh, to the bus stop. And I daydreamed the crap out of that time. I don't know whether it was just that... I mean, I grew up in a big family. We didn't have a lot of money. So that's what I usually daydreamed about. Like, oh, what if my house looked like this? Or what if I had these toys? Or what if I had these games? Or stuff like that. So it was kind of my escape. But it was interesting, though, because after I didn't do that walk anymore, I didn't daydream near as much. Really? So it was more just kind of a way to pass the time. But I used to love daydreaming. Okay. So uh, going on with this uh, Cognifit. article that Lexi started with, can daydreaming be dangerous?
0: Ooh, can it?
1: If you daydream too much, it can become addictive. When we think about the best versions of ourselves and imagine a perfect world or a perfect outcome to a situation, it can become dangerous. Ruminate daydreaming are daydreams where you are rehashing and analyzing the past as well as worrying about what could go wrong in the future. So this can lead you down a dangerous path. Once people are aware that they're doing this, it is rather difficult for them to turn it off. It can also lead to concentration problems and procrastination. Daydreaming can be used as a way to escape from stress and pressure that are going on in our reality, and they became a way for them to retreat from reality. We can rather daydream about more idolized uh, solutions, for example, many people in prison can spend much of their days daydreaming about what life would be like if they were out of the prison. Or... This can... What? I was going to say, or maybe they could daydream about what their life would be like if they didn't commit their crime. Well, I mean, I guess they could daydream they got away with it, and so they still did the crime, and then, like, like, what if they robbed something? So if they got away with it, they could be daydreaming about how they could spend that money. I guess that's true.
0: I was just making a joke about like, oh, well, they wouldn't have to be sitting in a cell daydreaming if they wouldn't have just done the crime. True. Uh, Yeah.
1: True. So this can become dangerous because people will use daydreaming to avoid the reality of the situation rather than dealing with it. The best way to try to break this daydream cycle is to be or is to have a positive or have, excuse me. The best way to break this daydream cycle is to have positive distractions such as social gatherings, exercise, and being aware and mindful when you start to daydream too much. So I actually found a little bit more information on Forbes.com, though, about this dangerous uh, daydreaming that I wanted to bring as well. So I'll go ahead and read that. It starts with daydreaming can be dangerous. (laughs) In fact, it can be fatal. This is the conclusion of a new study by Erie Insurance that being generally distracted or lost in thought, otherwise known as daydreaming, is the number one distraction noted in fatal crashes. While other distractions such as cell phone usage, texting, heated conversations with passengers have often been identified as dangerous behaviors, simple daydreaming has not. Yet data from the Fatality Analysis Reporting System, which includes information from police reports on causes of fatal car crashes, was the basis of the analysis. Oh, by the way, the Fatality Analyst Reporting System is called FARS, so I'm going to refer to it as FARS for the rest of this. Uh, The FARS data is based largely on police officers' judgment at the time of the crash and the interviews with those involved. A more detailed look at the data also revealed that particular days of the year were more associated with daydreaming-related fatalities than others. Hmm. For example, Saturdays in September are the biggest days for fatal crashes involving daydreaming while driving. And Tuesdays in February are the lowest. So what you're saying is don't drive
0: Tuesdays in February and don't drive (laughs) Saturdays in September. No, drive
1: Tuesdays in February. That's the lowest. Correct.
0: Oh. Oh, I thought she was saying two that were highest. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, no, the highest was Saturdays in September and the lowest lowest. was Tuesdays in February. So Uh random. The only thing I can think, though, is in September, it's when, like, the leaves are changing. I feel like, I mean, I fell in love with Daddy Dell in the fall. And so it's kind of nostalgic to me when I see the leaves. Like, I could totally daydream just, like, walking along, like, walking in the crunchy leaves and just remembering that time in my life.
0: For me, if I'm driving in September and the reason I crash would probably be because I'm jamming out to Aya, dancing in
1: September, (laughs) Aya, by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. So... Moving on, uh, since it is common for most drivers to think of other things as they drive, we asked Erie Insurance for its definition of daydreaming and if thoughts other than on driving had a persistent or sorry, thoughts other than on driving had to persist for a certain amount of time to be considered a daydream. Daydreaming is dis- Is defined in FARS data as drivers who are generally distracted, inattentive, careless, or lost in thought. John Bloom, the vice president of personal auto at Erie Insurance, told us that there isn't a specific amount of time associated with daydreaming. The realization that daydreaming is the cause of many fatal crashes prompted Erie Insurance to dig deeper into the data. One correlation they found was a relationship between daydreaming caused crashes and per- particular days of the year. We reached out to the IIHS, which is the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, to ask for data on the top driving distractions, and we were surprised to see that daydreaming was at the top of their list, since most think that other things like texting while driving would be the most you know top thing on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, We found out that daydreaming is still the number one reason for fatal car crashes. Our analysis found Saturdays in September have the highest number of fatal crashes associated with daydreaming, which they already said. I don't know why they put that in the article twice.
0: They just want to make sure you know.
1: Yep. Saturdays (laughs) in September. (laughs) Be careful on Saturdays in September. We don't know why people would be more likely to daydream on certain days or months, but regardless, we think the data is worth sharing if it gets people talking about the seriousness of the problem. A review of the report shows Fridays and Saturdays are particularly daydreaming prone. The top days for daydreaming, driving fatalities are all Fridays and Saturdays, but Bloom is not ready to suggest that there is a cause and effect relationship between the days of the week and daydreaming. The review of FARS data resulted in a ranking list of the top days and months associated with daydreaming while driving crashes. Mm. Um, You're right on the top five. Three occur on Saturdays and two happened on Friday. This may be coincidental, but we urge drivers at all times to keep an eye on the road, their hands on the wheel, and their attention on what they're doing. I have a thought about that. Mm-hmm.
0: So you know how we talked about like when you're driving to school, or you're driving to work or whatever. Sometimes you go in that daydreaming mode mm-hmm. and then you wake like up. Where and you like where you don't remember oh, getting
1: home or whatever. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
0: you like made it safely and like obviously you were driving. Mm-hmm. Well, my theory or hypothesis Would be that because when weekends you're not doing your normal daily routine.
1: Uh, Ah, yeah, you're doing something more exciting.
0: You're going. Well, I just mean (laughs) hopefully you're you're going somewhere maybe that you haven't gone before.
1: Oh, so so when you
0: daydream uh, going to work, you're on autopilot, but you've driven it so many times, you know where you're going. Correct,
1: and you know what to watch out for.
0: Exactly. Whereas, let's say you're going to go to a new like amusement park you've never been to before on a Friday with your family and you tend to daydream, well, you've never been in that area before. You don't know where you're going. You have to use your GPS. You know, whatever the case may be, maybe that's why it's higher on weekends. Good thought. I like it. I like it. Picasso. (laughs) Picasso!
1: (laughs) So since daydreaming while driving is a serious safety issue, taking steps to combat it are important to overall highway safety. Cognitive behavior researcher Paul... Actually, a PhD who has studied distracted driving and worked with the national safety uh, excuse me worked with national safety organizations to reduce it, said that keeping your mind engaged is a way of counteracting daydreaming and general inattention behind the wheel. One effective strategy to counteracting daydreaming is to keep your mind alert with so-called passive forms of engagement, like listening to a radio show or a podcast. So just. Out there for everybody listening. Thank you. You're so smart listening to a podcast <laughs> while you're driving. Ashley said, the beauty of passive engagement is that your mind will automatically tune it out when it needs to. So if you're, if you're something out of the ordinary that happens in your environment, your brain won't even hear what's on the radio or in the podcast anymore. It will fully focus on the task at hand. So that was Wonderful. my is daydreaming dangerous part. Okay. And
0: then I'm going to circle back because there was a little bit more at the end of this blog that just says, like, tips if you're prone to daydreaming on how to effectively daydream. (laughs) Oh, effectively daydream. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it says, the best time for the mind to daydream is when you are engaging in a mildly challenging task. This seems to allow people to access ideas that are not usually readily available on the conscious level. Daydreaming provides a place for the mind to wander off, which can give them insight to the conscious mind. If you daydream about people you know, such as family or friends, they can make you happier as well. There are some times when you need to focus on the task at hand. The professor is talking about what will be on the exam next week. It may not be the best time for you to zone out and daydream. Do your best to tune out the default network when situations like this occur. That's good advice. Do you think that daydreaming would fall under the umbrella category of like when you're rethinking back on like a conversation you're like oh i should have said this or oh yes. that would have been the okay. perfect comeback i'm going to talk about that actually. oh perfect in that story. is definitely daydreaming oh yeah. it's not my
1: story because but... you're changing the outcome of a situation mm-hmm. so you're thinking about it in like almost like a dream type setting yeah okay cool okay so i have i just figured i'd go right yeah and, we'll and then we'll back just the same way yeah come okay. back around to the stories because i do have another story Okay. So
0: from lifestyleallwomentalk.com, I found a little article that someone wrote. It didn't give the author I would say who they were, but it's like the seven most common types of daydreams, and I thought that it was funny. (laughs) Well, good. I (laughs) want to hear them. the first one is interview questions. So how does it feel to be admired by millions? What was your was your childhood as exciting as your life now? Everyone has imagined they were a celebrity at one time or another. Interviewing yourself can pass the time and make you feel more
1: important than your everyday life makes you
0: feel. <laughs> <So> sad. <laughs> That's.
1: One I always. Of the, I love oh, it though. Oh, I was just going to say in my daydreaming too, uh, walking to and from the bus stop, I often wanted to be a singer. But I've always known I suck at singing. <laughs> oh no! But anyway, so I would daydream I was a, a good, singer, good singer. Um, it says one of
0: the most common daydreams involves asking yourself questions as if you were a talk show host.
1: <laughs> I've never done that. I don't think. I've oh, never I never does that.
0: I'm pretty. I haven't like pictured myself in that setting, but <laughs> I can imagine So I know for a fact I've sometimes been like,
1: oh, how was this? What blah, blah blah. That's funny. <laughs> so so maybe I need to try that. To give give me a boost of confidence. Yeah. Okay, the second scenario is a
0: cooking show. This one made me laugh so hard because if you say you haven't done this, you're lying. (laughs) It says, here's another daydream that has to do with television. When you're cooking, you get lost in the activity. You pretend to talk to an audience (laughs) and tell them your secret recipe. It makes, I don't know why it's so funny to me. It makes you feel like you're a fantastic chef and that anyone would love to get a taste of your creation. Watch out, Rachel Ray. (laughs)
1: I I literally have never done that. I was just about to say, just call me
0: Rachel Ray. There's no way you've never like while you're doing. I'm like, okay,
1: now we're gonna add this. No, but I think it's because I don't enjoy cooking. (laughs) Oh, so while I'm cooking, I don't. If I'm going to daydream about something, it's, it's not, not about the be. task I'm I've doing. I've done it before. Okay.
0: I was like, I feel like a majority of people, me and Sebastian, were reading this together and we laughed so hard at that one.
1: We're well, like, yeah, we've definitely well, done thank that. Thank you so
0: much for coming to Cooking with Tasha. Today we're going to, you know, and you go yeah. and do it.
1: Well, and I know Alexia for sure has because she's also done some TikToks of her cooking. So I would imagine you <laughs> thought about how you were going to do that before you recorded it. Oh
0: my gosh, she's right.
1: Ooh. <laughs> okay. Number
0: three is a real relationship. Even if you don't dream about walking down the aisle, you dream of meeting your perfect guy or girl, but they said guy. (laughs) Maybe you think about traveling the world with him. Maybe you think about waking up in bed next to him and snuggling as you fall asleep. Whatever the scenario is, you dream about how great life could and will be one day as soon as you meet your soulmate those dreams will become reality I oh that's cute and yes of course i've,
1: of course. Re- I've daydreamed yeah.
0: about that i remember being in like maybe sixth or seventh grade and like i would daydream all the time about like having a boyfriend that they put their arm around you oh <laughs> that's what i because that was the I pivotal wanted. moment in the hallway. oh yeah that was what meant that you had the boyfriend yeah i just think it's funny though Compared to what people probably daydream when it comes to stuff like that. (laughs) When you're young, you're
1: like, oh, I'll hold hands someday. Yeah. So innocent. So sweet. I love it. Okay. Number four is sweet
0: success. Whether you aim to become a doctor or just want to take a trip to London, you daydream about achieving your goal. When you want something really bad, it's difficult to get it off your mind. Instead of thinking of all the things that could go wrong, why not daydream about everything falling exactly into place? Imagine how fulfilling it would be to get what you've always wanted. Thinking about the possibility will
1: cheer you up and give you hope for your future. I love that. It also reminds me of like the affirmations we've talked about. I feel Mm -hmm. like that is, you know, affirmations at its best. You're just telling, you're you're putting it in your mind that you're going to be successful so you can succeed. That is good advice. Okay. Number five is a dangerous disaster.
0: Daydreams aren't always positive. Sometimes our minds wander to dark places that we wish we could escape. We think about all of the terrifying things that we hope will never occur. You might be worried about getting attacked or getting cheated on. You might be worried that a family member will get sick or hurt. It's normal to think about the bad things that could happen, but you have to try to push the thoughts away.
1: I think at as I've gotten older, I think I daydream about that kind of stuff more often. Mm-hmm. Like the what ifs, like, oh, I've got to be prepared because what if this happens or what if that happens?
0: I think uh, I want to say I do, but I almost think it's just intrusive thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like driving down the street and like a, see a turn or something and I'm like, wow, we
1: literally could have just pew. <laughs> yeah. Pew. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I think I'm, I I kind of tend towards uh, the natural disasters. Oh, I like, do that. Too. Oh, you know, yeah. what if there was an earthquake? And then, like, do we have enough food? Like, how am I? You know, I think about that kind of stuff.
0: I think I do that too. Like, if sitting in a restaurant or some public place, I'll be like,
1: Oh, what if like someone came in here and mm-hmm. started shooting and stuff? Where would I go? What? Yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. I <laughs> I don't know. I but I think it's because I'm such a planner. Yeah, that I have to plan for all negative aspects and positive along ones. with the positive.
0: Okay, the next one, this one is for you, mom. Soulful singer. (laughs) (laughs) How many times have you sung along to your favorite song while pretending that you're on stage? You imagine the crowd cheering. You picture your favorite band member standing right beside you. Everyone loves music, so it's normal to wish it were a bigger part of your life. Singing in front of a crowd can be scary, but in your daydreams, you have nothing to worry about because you'll rock the song. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely know Tasha's done that too. Of course. <laughs> I was like, there's no way Tasha <laughs> Have you know done that. that, Lex? I don't think so. Okay. But I've never really wanted to like be a, singer. be a singer. Okay, number seven is anger. When you're angry at someone, you daydream about all the things you could do and say to them. How would they react? Would it be worth it? You know you want to actually say anything mean to them, but it can be satisfying to think about. Sometimes you need to
1: consider the possibilities you have, even if you won't follow through with them. <laughs> You know, that kind of reminded me of, um, I I don't know, I don't want to give up too information because I'm not sure who listens to our podcast from my past work experiences. But (laughs) (laughs) when I was a manager, there was a certain person on my team that sometimes would just kind of pop off whatever was on their mind. And and so I finally had to pull them in and be like, okay, like when you're in a situation and then you want to say something, think of the first thing, don't say it. Now think what you would say after that, don't say it. And now think of the third thing. Okay, go ahead and say the third thing. <laughs> Cause oh like gosh. you really need to think about what you're saying. Cause they were just causing problems because mm-hmm. they would just say whatever. Yeah, without really thinking about what they were saying, they would just kind of pop off and then it would get people upset.
0: Mm. And it's
1: like, don't know, not the first thing, not the second thing. Say the third thing. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> or funny. the fourth or the fifth. I'm yeah, whatever after you the anger, after the initial anger or upset feelings gone. Say what you would say after that.
0: Also, I think I mean I don't think it's maybe would be a good thing to daydream about like physically hurting people. Cause I kind of feel like this is what it was saying. <laughs> like, what you would do to them. I'm like, ooh, I don't think you should do that. But I think it can be helpful to daydream about like what you would have said in an argument. Because mm-hmm. I think it helps you get your feelings out, even if you're not actually it just makes talk more to the person or something. It just makes me more pissed off. I'm like, oh, oh. that would
1: have been the most perfect thing to say. I you guess know that's true. Well, a lot of people say write it down too, and I think that's the same as daydreaming it. Yeah. Like if you're writing a letter, you don't have to actually give it to that person, but you still got it out of your head. Yeah, exactly.
0: But yeah, that was the last one.
1: Oh, I'm surprised it didn't have one about like dancing. I also dreamed I was a dancer. Really? <laughs> Daydreamed I was a dancer. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, me and Patrick Swayze. Mm. Oh, oh gosh, a little, a little dirty dancing back in the day. Ew. Ew. I'm sorry you find that disgusting. He's so hot. <laughs>
0: okay. He's not, he, Tosh, He's old now. You go, Tosh, you well, know. He, he might have been even, hot then. He ain't he now. He was old
1: for me then. That didn't make any difference.
0: Just like Michael <laughs> J. We know Fox. you like older guys. That's been proven. Like yes. Michael J. Fox was an attractive young man, but he's gotten old, so I don't think the same thing now.
1: Yeah, you know, Dad and I were just talking about that, though, yesterday. Seriously. We were talking about how, like, when you love someone... You fall in love with them, and they're a certain person or a certain look when you fall in love with them. And as you grow older, you still think of them that same way, even though they look completely different. Like, of course. So it's because you're not in a relationship with Michael J. Fox. If you were, you'd still think he was that same handsome young man, even when you're older.
0: You're absolutely right. Because that's what love does. Oh.
1: Because you're in love with the person, not with their looks at that point. Okay, Tosh. Do you have some more information I have a story, share? yes. Okay. Um, this uh,
0: young woman posted um, a little bit about her life in regards to her daydreaming, so I'm just going to share. Okay. So she says, when I was eight years old, I had a game that I liked to play in my front yard of our suburban New Jersey home. My siblings were older and most of them were already out of the house and my parents worked long hours. And when there was nothing much to do, I would walk in circles while shaking a piece of string, daydreaming about the Little House on the Prairie or maybe the Brady Bunch. One afternoon, I created an episode where instead of going to Hawaii, where dangerous spiders lurk, this episode where instead the Bradys went to the Bahamas, where I had also gone with them and spent my week with the family. Greg, nice. Right? Greg Brady met my teenage sister there, and they started dating. The show played in my head. It was so detailed and entertaining that it lasted about 45 minutes. (laughs) Another day, I imagined myself as an actress who played with the seven Brady siblings. I met all of the younger actors on the set, and they commented on how cute my outfit was and how amazing my acting skills were. (laughs) That's so cute. cute. She says a few years later, my neighborhood saw me pacing outside with a string and gave me a weird look. I moved my game behind my bedroom door, hiding my imaginary friends and everything from everyone, including my parents, who believed I had outgrown this activity. Eventually, I learned to daydream without moving, which I think that's a lot of what we do in your adult, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't have to be moving around. You can sit at a school desk or something, but kids kind of,
1: like, walk around while they do things. hmm I guess that makes sense. I dra- daydreamed the most when I was walking to and from school. Yeah. So,
0: anyways— Um, She says, this is when the game I played, or excuse me, that's a game I, I played only when I was bored, but then it turned into something more all time consuming. I had friends and did well in my classes, and I knew that the characters and the stories in my heads weren't real, so I knew I wasn't insane. But something was wrong with me. Daydreaming was taking over more and more of my life. It was as if I had lost the remote control to the TV set and my head was running constantly, never turning off.
1: Interesting.
0: I remember being in grade school and feeling pleased that I no longer needed to wait until I got home to watch my favorite soap opera. If I wanted to watch something, I would come back into my head right there in class and no one would ever know. Unless maybe the tears started to flow, in which case I'd look around anxiously praying that none of my classmates had noticed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) When I went to a sleepaway camp one summer, I wondered why I couldn't just immerse myself in the world around me. If a camp friend had told a funny joke, I would always find a way to incorporate that joke into one of my new stories. And if a song ever came on the radio, it would remind me of one of those inner adventures that I had gone to. Why couldn't it just be for me? She says, why did all these characters have to go everywhere with me and experience everything that I experienced? She says, there was no label for what I experienced until 2002 when Eli Sommer, a professor at the University of Hafia in Israel, coined the phrase manipulative daydreaming. Hmm. He defined this as an extensive fantasy activity that replaces human interaction or that interferes with academic interpersonal and vo- vocational functionings. Wow,
1: I didn't even know there was a real name for it. Yeah. Either. So,
0: um most um what do they call them, psych- psychologists um mm-hmm. have never heard of manipulative daydreaming and it wasn't officially recognized as a disorder. Um but she goes on to say that the idea of this um like I guess, what would you call it? Condition. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow people believe that it it loses control, obviously, of their daily lives. So they're losing control of what they're able to accomplish
1: because of this daydreaming. Yeah, it's interfering with their
0: lives. Exactly. She says, finally, in my mid-20s, worn out by trying to balance my job, I found relief as a psych. Uh, excuse me. I found relief as a psychiatrist prescribed me a medication known an antidepressant to help my obsessive-compulsive disorder, which had affected some members of my family. It worked wonders in controlling the daydreaming. In stressful periods when my character started to steal my attention, I would just dose up a bit more and it would reg- regain my focus on real life. She says more than 10 years later, The daydreaming now no longer bothers me. I hear that a friend's daughter of mine is also walking circles and making up stories in her head. I finally found someone who was just like a childhood version of myself. My friend's story inspired me to find out whether any obsessive daydreamers had found each other, and now we can use the internet. When I was researching, I stumbled across an article on an Indian parenting website about a young 8-year-old girl who could not stop daydreaming. The article was filled with her parents under the heading, How Do You Reduce Your Child's Tendencies to Wander Off? Um, various readers chimed in to describe themselves as active daydreamers and asked for help. I've spent my whole life looking for someone like me, and now I've read dozens of them and spent hours a day pacing my favorite stories, and I am amazed to learn that I wasn't the only one alone.
1: Oh, wow. And that's very interesting, That the, the com- uh, obsessive-compulsive disorder medication. Uh, alleviated it, which actually kind of makes sense because it became compulsive to daydream all the time.
0: Yeah. But I just think it's interesting, or I guess I want to say like people who are struggling with something that may be more, you know, if, if it's a drug addiction, if it's something negative with your family, if it's something like this daydreaming, like more oftentimes than not, you're not alone. Yeah. There's other people out there who are experiencing and or suffering from the same things that you may be. In your life. So
1: And it kind of goes to show that there's a lot of things out there that don't seem like they would be addictive. You know, daydreaming's not a drug. It's not inherently bad. You know, it's it has a good function too. So it's interesting that it could also lead to problems. Right. So was that your story? Yep, that was my story. Was well interesting. Oddly enough, I have something very similar. Not the same story, but just dis- <laughs> similar about somebody that's addicted to daydreaming. So mine was from Odysseyonline.com. And it said, I'm, I once met a girl who was so immersed in her daydreams that she could s- say she suffered from them. Yet she couldn't live without them either. When she withdrew into her head, it wasn't what you would expect. She didn't just zone out. She slipped into a trance. That was so strange, it was like she was possessed. She would imagine a scene in her head, for instance, walking through the hallway of some ancient castle looking at paintings strewn across the wall. She would often set off for somewhere like the library or school and have no idea if she saw anybody she knew and if they called out to her. She wouldn't even be aware that they spoke because she would be completely immersed in her head. Yet for all the daydream wandering she did, she'd somehow never get lost. She would always arrive to her destination without fail and snap out of the daydream as soon as she arrived. It was even stranger when she was at home. Whenever she would slip into a daydream in her house, away from prying eyes, her body would move on its own as if it had its own will. As soon as her conscious mind left, her body would snap up out of the cedar couch where she had been laying and start a full head-on run towards the bedroom door. A few seconds before hitting it, she would put out her palms to avoid actually hurting herself and spin around and run towards the opposite side of the room where she would smack into the wall again. Mm. She would repeat this pattern over and over until she ran out of breath and was forced out of her daydream by sheer exhaustion. She could never explain why it happened, and if she wouldn't be out of breath she would have no idea or occurred or even believe it actually happened in fact when people caught her doing it they assumed she was doing it on purpose trying some weird method of exercising i tried asking her If she ever considered stopping the daydreaming, but from the way she looked at me, I knew that it wasn't much of a choice anymore. At first, it had just been a way to pass the time, something to do while waiting in the car or brushing your teeth, except now story scenarios would just pop into her head, and she wouldn't be able to say no. It was turning into an addiction. She once told me she had a whole life over there, a whole different set of family and friends with their own stories and personalities. Whenever something happened, good or bad, she would automatically withdraw and recreate the entire thing in her head. Afterwards, when someone asked her about it, she would often get details mixed up because she wasn't sure which version was real. I'm not sure she cared for the real world anymore. If she could have given her body the will to eat, sleep, and do the rest while still remaining in her dreams, she would have. I wish she would stop and start living in the real world. I've gotten tired of looking at her in the face every time I see a mirror. But as soon as I see her, she's already gone, drifting back into a daydream. Wow. Mm. That gives me the chills. I feel like
0: that would be so hard.
1: Because it's like she... It's almost like she has split personality. Maybe she does. Maybe she does. So it's just like she wants... Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that until I just said that. Like maybe she is suffering from, what do they call it nowadays? They don't call it multiple personalities. Yeah, they do. No, multiple. they call it some identity disorder. I can't remember, but maybe that is what's happening. It's like... Disassociative. Yeah, disassociative, disorder. B- oh,
0: yeah. disassociative identity disorder. identity disorder.
1: D.I.D. Yep. So maybe that is what's happening. Maybe she... Maybe she's being taken over by a second personality. Interesting. And so she doesn't quite remember what's happening in the way it happened because she was kind of shoved to the back. Hmm. I don't know. But it's I just found that a very interesting. Like she's talking about it like she's talking about somebody else, but really she's talking about herself. About herself. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's crazy.
1: So wow, wow, I really liked that. I look forward to doing another daydream episode. I think there was a lot more we could cover. Something that I think is
0: interesting too is I think along the way obviously i still daydream but somewhere along the way i stopped calling it daydreaming do you know what i mean i feel yes. like that's not a common thing you hear anymore
1: right like it's just when you like oh
0: you zoned out or like spaced oh, out or yeah, something or i mm-hmm. was like caught up which, in my own thoughts like where'd whatever. you go Oh, yeah. caught up
1: in your own thoughts that's mm-hmm. a good way to say it yeah
0: which i even like like i forgot about the fact that i daydream
1: until mm-hmm. we
0: just started talking about this and i'm like
1: oh yeah, we just don't call it daydreaming. <laughs> well, and I think it's a big difference when you're an adult. I think you daydream as a way to problem solve or work out a situation. Yeah. When you're young, I think it's what you do when you're bored. Or, you know, maybe your life isn't exactly what you wanted it to be. Like, I mean, I am I remember, what was I, third grade or something, when Cabbage Patch dolls were the big thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a Cabbage Patch doll for Christmas. And I'm literally every kid in my class did so Poor at that dog. time, I would daydream about receiving the things that I didn't get and how gotcha. what I would do with them. You know, yeah.
0: or I think too that like children, you always say, "Oh my goodness, like she's got such an imagination." Like that's her mm-hmm. day, him or her daydreaming, oh, daydreaming. Yeah. Whereas like adults, we still have imaginations, but it's not in a childlike form. And I agree mm-hmm. with you; it's more because. We're applying it to more daily adult-like activities, Mm -hmm. not just because we're bored and we just want to go play and, you know, imagine something. Well, and I have noticed, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, that it's always in the mornings when I'm getting ready for work that I will have a random idea about something I was thinking about, about work, that I'm like, oh, that's what I should do to, like, fix that problem and stuff like that, which obviously means I'm daydreaming about it. But it's not like when you're younger and it's like a whole story. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. it does. You're not playing out a whole story. just I'm thinking about something. I'm like, oh, if I do this, this, and this, then this will probably happen. And I'm like, oh, I solved the problem. <laughs> you're like, yay, I'm a great daydreamer.
1: You know, it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. Do, did you guys ever see the Shirley Temple movie where she's like in an orphanage? And no, then because that's where the sun will come out. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, and you hate that song. Annie. That. No, that's from that's Annie. That's not so not oh. Shirley Shirley Temple. Is like older. I thought oh, uh, uh, animal
0: crackers in yes, my soup. That
1: Shirley Temple. <laughs> Why what? So the movie was from 1939, and it was called The Little Princess, and she was in an orphanage, and she gets like sent to the attic, and then all of a sudden. This, there's this guy and this monkey, and they, they make the attic really, really nice. Yes, And yes. they, like, get her food and all this stuff because it turns out, like, her dad was still alive and he's yes. coming. I know exactly but, what
0: you're talking about.
1: Yeah, so, but I, that's the kind of, that's the way I would daydream. Wait, like, oh. if you would consider that that was a daydream instead of really happening to her, like, that's what I would daydream. Like, oh, I'm in this drab room, but, oh, I'll make it beautiful, and I'll gotcha. have whatever I want to eat, and I'll have whatever toys I want.
0: Is Shirley Temple Annie, though, or no? No, yeah, yeah she, she is. doesn't play Annie.
1: No, she doesn't play Annie. Two
0: separate characters.
1: Two separate characters. I Wait. mean, two
0: separate actresses. Yes, portraying two completely different people.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, the Isn't little princess. Similar. Yeah, like I say, Shirley Temple. That was from 1939. That's when she was that age of the girl from Annie, pretty much. And Annie didn't come out until like in the 80s. Sometime. That's crazy that
0: you brought that up. I totally forgot about that, but I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, that was my favorite Shirley Temple movie.
0: Hmm. Anyways.
1: Interesting thought.
0: Oh, well, hell. we are so happy that you were here and we hope you didn't daydream during our episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you did, that's okay. <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> and if you did and you want to tell us about it, you can send that to dead to the world podcast at gmail.com and you can follow us
0: on all of our social media accounts at dead to the world podcast. We hope that you join us next time to find out what happens when we are. Dead, Dead to, to the, the world. world.
1: And rate us and review us. And don't forget to join us next week for our anniversary episode. Woo! One year anniversary. One year. Do-da. Do-da.
0: Okay. One, two, three. <laughs>